0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory, the best. Maybe pre-owned inventory fits your budget. And, well, they have the best selection of pre-owned inventory anywhere with great deals to be had on everything and a fabulous service department to back it all up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday. There is Penn State basketball tonight, as Inside Penn State Athletics mentioned, where tonight the Alliance will take on Indiana. At Assembly Hall in Bloomington at 8.30 tonight. I'm beginning at 8 this evening. Uh, Indiana is a team with Trace Jackson Davis, who is outstanding uh, inside. I mean, I really thought that he was going to go pro, uh, and he didn't. Uh, he came back for another year. That would really surprise me when he didn't. A guy that's made a step forward for Indiana is Amon Franklin. He is playing better than last year. He's scoring better than last year. But can I say that other guys are playing better for Indiana than last year? No. Trace Jackson Davis is playing about the same and he was at a high level to begin with last year. Franklin is absolutely playing better than last year. There's no getting around it. Is anybody else? Nope. They have really struggled offensively. So it's up to Penn State to take advantage of that tonight. But... Jackson Davis will be a handful in the post this evening. There's no getting around it. He's going to be a handful of it. Penn State's going to face this over and over and over again. They've got Ohio. Let's see. They got Wisconsin on uh, Sunday. You got Nate Reavers and Micah Potter. You're going to have to face Ohio State Wednesday, and Ohio State has EJ Liddell, and they have. Kyle Young. I mean, you're going to, over and over again, it's just the way it's going to be in the Big Ten. You're going to face somebody in the post that's going to be uh, a handle. And they're going to have to handle Jackson Davis tonight. Again, Franklin, but everybody else. Yeah, you know, Race Thompson has had a few good games. It's fine. Phenasy's really struggled. Uh, just settle down there. Let's, uh, let's tell the Shemokan Dam Orchestra their, their time has come and gone for today's show. Now well, until we get to, let's see, I guess the bottom, the top of the hour, we'll get them back. My finger hit the mouse, sorry. <laughs> Chad Hirschberger, by the way, here today. Hello. So, t- before we get on uh, with uh, any other sports news, I have a lot of things I want to talk about today. So, tell us about... Talk to Santa. I mean, because you know, I mean, your family got involved and you were deeply involved. So, how was the entire
1: experience? We did. Uh, It was. It was great. Uh, An enjoyable season. Uh, Lots of uh, neat kids that came into the studio in the pandemic studios that we set up, and uh, it was just the big thing for me was that it was great that the kids still had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. We had to do it a little differently. Um, yeah, there was distancing and masks and all that, but, um, the number of parents had said to me, I'm just so glad you were able to do that and we could spread some holiday cheer. So it was great.
0: Thrilled about that. Yeah, that's great. You guys did an awesome job with it. Thank you. An awesome job. And so I'm watching. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, and um, happy birthday to your wife yesterday. Oh, Uh, thank you. The the way I remember that is because your wife and my daughter have the same birthday. And so same birthday. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So that's wonderful. We had a nice day celebrating our 11 year old yesterday. So that is great. Well, happy birthday
0: to her. Happy birthday to her. Um, Penn State COVID testing. Now, the number of tests are down because the number of athletes on campus happens to be down. 319 COVID-19 tests, one positive at Penn State. Okay, and Then there's the Dukes-Mayo Bowl that's being played right now. It's Wisconsin and Wake Forest. Wake Forest dominated this game early, and then Wake Forest did something they had not been doing all year. Wake Forest was number one in the nation coming into this game in giveaway-takeaway. And they got a takeaway early, and they got it up to plus 14. Sam Hartman had thrown only one interception the entire season. He has thrown, I think, three in this game. And Wisconsin... Has now put up 28 unanswered points and lead 42 to 21 over Wake with nine minutes to go. I've been watching the game with interest because Penn State opens the season at Wisconsin next year. So that you know, that's you try to keep track of the people that uh, you're going to be seeing, and that's one of them. But it has been a frustrating exercise watching this game. Frustrating. I don't know who's running their show. But uh, they need to get a better feel for college football. The game, uh, Wake Forest is driving downfield. Game's tied. Game's tied. Wake Forest starts at the two-yard line. They're driving, 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 driving. And now it's time to tell a story. Tell a story. I don't care about your story. Do the game. And in the middle of the story, Wisconsin picks the ball off. Uh, it, uh, stop story. Oh, yeah, it, oh, for goodness sakes. All right. Now back to the game. Then they decide they're going to send it down to Marty Smith for a report on the next drive. Marty, who's by the way, by the way is one of the nicest guys on the planet. I remember when he came in here last year. Was it last? Yeah, it was the Michigan game last year. He was here last year. Yeah, and he was with the uh, with the Nittanyville group. He was. He's just a great guy. Just loves the game. So I mean, this isn't anybody's fault. It's whomever's running it. It's their fault. He starts telling whatever story he's telling about going to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, and in the middle of it, another interception. Hey. Do the game I did not tune in to to talk about the national championship I tuned in to watch this game then they went down to Marty again on the next drive and Marty did have some breaking news to discuss about how Tony Elliott the Clemson offensive coordinator will not be working the game well he's a couple sentences in and Wisconsin picks it off again do the game. Hey, I didn't, you know, who's running this show? There's a reason people tune into the Dukes Mayo game. One is you're a Wake Forest fan. Two is that you're a Wisconsin fan. Three, you think it's the best thing on at that particular moment. Or four, you're just a college football fan. It's bowl week and you just like watching bowl games. Okay, fine. But you tune in to watch that game. I've talked about this many times. ESPN. I spend a lot of time in my class trying to break the classroom of habits that they might pick up from them. I just, I don't get it. I don't get I understand they're trying to promote that they're carrying the game. Okay, we got it. You've had the national championship in, you know, the six straight years. I got it. You're carrying the game. But, I don't know. I thought the point of having the guys do the game was so they could do Game in front of them. You know, I don't mind in a dead period, you want to tell a story like dead, but you got Wake Forest out there. Wake Forest runs a play every 21 seconds. Stick with it. It was, I finally turned it off. I don't even, you know, I just checked the score on my phone now. I finally turned it off. I said, I can't watch this because they're not doing the game. Now, maybe you have the same frustration I do. I, I don't know, but and maybe I'm just maybe I'm just too old-fashioned in terms of what my viewing habits happen to be. I just feel like, like the reason I tuned into the game is because I, I'm I'm the, made the conscious choice to watch that game. So I would like you to do that game. I didn't tune in for. National championship college semifinal promos. I mean, that's what timeouts are for. But when there's actual action, you gotta, I don't know, you gotta stick with the action. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just that. Maybe that's just another get off my lawn moment. I have no idea. But it just, it cut to the point. I turned it off. Mission Impossible was on, so I watched that. I started watching that. You know, when they went down the third time, and it was another interception, and it was like, oh, like this. I said, that's it. I can't watch this anymore. And I'm as deep a college football fan as there is. I mean, you start turning off the college football fan who's sitting there going, well, what are you doing? You got a problem. And to their credit, they created a problem today with their broadcast. It's a shame. It was actually a pretty good game while I was watching it, but after a while I finally looked over and said, that's it, I've had enough. I like the game. I wanted to watch the game. You have ruined the experience of the game. That's not exactly what you want your crew to do. You don't want them ruining the experience of the game. Oh, well. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more and more. Mark Brennan on the show today. Great to have him on the show. We'll talk to him about Penn State football as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today, Mark Brennan four oh six today. Great to have you with us uh, on this Wednesday. Matt Catrillo returns tomorrow, uh, and uh, our final show, obviously, of the year because tomorrow's the final day of the year. Oh, did you see the uh, the Hollywood news today? I did not. Don Wells. Oh, who who played Marianne on yep. Gilligan's Island passed away at the age of 82. Oh, that's too bad. Oh no, I it I I met her. Did you? Yep. I met her. Um here in State College. And uh couldn't be any nicer. Couldn't be any nicer. So
1: Me TV runs Gilligan's uh Reruns, and uh, I got my son into watching them. He enjoyed them.
0: Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I want to think how long ago I met her. It was maybe a dozen years ago. I think she had just turned seventy. So. Yep. Uh, 82 years old passed away today. Um, all right. So, a lot going on. We uh, mentioned um, um, about the college football playoff being played. Now, tonight is the Cotton Bowl, and you have at least three Florida players out of the game. Last night, I'm watching the game in Orlando, the Cheez-It Bowl, between Oklahoma State and Miami. Now, De'Ara King did get hurt in that game. Uh, Now, he he went back to the sideline. He was on crutches. So I don't think it was an ACL. At least I hope it wasn't. but he did get hurt in the game, which is the risk that you take him playing these games, obviously. Uh, but during the game, Ty Wallace of Oklahoma State played the first half and then that was it. He's done. Didn't play the second half. Not hurt. Not hurt. So... Um... uh, You know, you get guys pulling themselves out of games now. It probably was prearranged. I'm sure it was prearranged between uh, the coaching staff and so forth. You play a half, you know, you you do that. But it's like you sit back and say, ah. So, how do you prevent opt outs? Well, I think one of the ways you end up preventing opt outs is. Is that you start... Um, and by the way, uh, they they wanted to protect their start receiver. That's why they held Tylan Wallace out. But um, they said they pre-planned it and so forth. Well, just tell everybody you pre-planned it. Everybody's looking around like, what's he not doing out there? Yeah. Um, but they asked me a way to prevent opt-outs. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. I got it, but I don't know. And that's why we're going to talk about it in the next half hour because I think the one way to to start preventing opt-outs and putting more juice into the bowl season. And I've resisted talking about this for a while, but I started talking about it this week. Is you got to start spreading the wealth. I mean, you need to expand the playoff. Now, you're not going to get any money, extra money, for doing it right now, but eventually you will. But I think you have to start thinking about expanding it, and I don't think just expanding it incrementally. I think you need to expand it. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Apologies for being a little late. That's Mr. Ham called during the break, so I called back. Um, the suit i know wanted me to say hi to him uh but the restraining order prevented me from okay it's just it's a legal thing chad you understand you work there i do
1: so. i got to work with uh, kevin every night I've talked to santa
0: Well, this this show must be a slice of heaven for you. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how do you you? Know, what do we do with this playoff thing? Uh, we are in an era, uh, in almost everything, where we need to be grateful for what we get. Hey, good news, we flattened the curve so the restaurants can go back to 25%. Okay, great, we should be happy about that. All right. Well, that's how this college football playoff thing has worked forever. Joe Paterno called for a playoff in college football. Um, oh, boy, the Bills are going to be allowed to have fans at their playoff game. Whoa, 7,000 of them. How about that? Geez. How about that? Well, good for the Bills. Um, college football has always been, you should be grateful for what you get. Joe Paterno for years, when Penn State was out there going 11-0, and finishing second. Going 11-0, and finishing second. Going 11-0, and finishing fifth in the 73 season. They finished fifth. It went 12-0. and Finished fifth. Huh? Because of the lack of respect for Eastern football. And he's calling for a playoff over and over again and because he knew darn well his team was as good as anybody. Hey, you're telling me... Uh, you know, he's out there fielding a team that had Mike Reed and Jack Hamm on defense. I think they would have won... No offense, and he kept calling for a playoff. Like a lot of things with Joe, Joe had always had great foresight. He was on the TV committee with the uh, with Chuck Nienus. And when that Oklahoma and Georgia thing broke, they were ready to move. In fact, they already had a deal with NBC, and they had to put the kibosh in the deal with NBC. Um, But when they had a chance to move, they moved. And Joe and Chuck Nienus worked on that uh, for a long time because he knew. Instant replay. Joe called for it. He knew it was better for the game. He's the one that made a big push on it. Right. Big Ten needs a 12th team so I can have a championship game. Joe made that push. He was the one that over and over again would be talking about all these things, right? And you know, this stoic and State conference. Well, you know, we got our own way of doing it. For goodness sakes, I remember when I got into into the conference doing basketball. I said, they said, and the, you know the regular season ends and we crown a champion. I said, uh, what about a tournament? I was like, girl, you know, I've been doing the Atlantic 10 tournament for years. Oh, no, no, that's not how we do things with the Big Ten. I said, are you kidding me? I said, do you how much money you can make from a tournament? So said, you can't have all these sports and not make some cash. I said that to him over and over again, only because, I mean, I was the announcer coming into the conference from the league that had a tournament. So Joe called for a playoff many years ago. Finally, we get the BCS. You should be happy. We've got two. Okay. And what was the unintended consequence of two? It started making all the other bowl games, quote, irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. That was the unintended consequence. Then they finally got to four. Four. And everything was the semifinal, the semifinal, the semifinal, the championship game. The championship game wasn't even affiliated with a bowl game, it's independent. But we should all be happy we now have four. I've never been happy with it. Never. From day one, I called for eight. I'm talking back in the 80s, okay? In the 80s, I called for eight. And now I don't. Now we're sitting here in 2020, about to be 2021, and I don't think eight's enough. The balance of power in college football, and again, this was an unintended consequence. This was not... I don't think you could forecast what we have seen in recent years, but now you have a six-year sample size of this. And a six-year sample size is not giving us good news on college football. Alabama's in almost every year. Last year they missed for the first time. Clemson's in almost every year. Ohio State gets in. Even when Penn State beats them and wins the Big Ten, Ohio State still goes. Really? You took your shot, you lost. Penn State then did the extra risk and played the Big Ten championship game. Won. They won nine straight games, but Ohio State got to go. But that was never my complaint about that That was never my complaint My complaint about Penn State not being in the college football playoff in 2016 Was Washington There was no doubt That Penn State was better than Washington And a year later they proved it But as time has gone The NFL Chad, what's your team? Chad, Chad, quit. I'm here. Yeah, what's your team in the NFL? Um, I'm a Steelers fan. Okay, you're a Steelers fan. Okay, so the Steelers didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, They went eight and eight, but they ended up drafting Chase Claypool, who ended up being obviously a really good pick for them. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL they are assured now of the first overall pick in the draft. In all likelihood, should he make himself available, and I think most people think he will, it'll be Trevor Lawrence of Clemson. That will give them, moving forward, their best shot of success. Simple as that. Jacksonville will also have 25% of the teams that they play next season, 25% of them. One quarter of their schedule will be against teams that also finished in last place in their division this season it's called the last place schedule because the NFL as a business even though the NFL has a monopoly on football you and I can start our own football league and compete against them we'll fail miserably but we can because the National Football League is in the business of football they don't own the business of football they're in the business of football But now at this point in 2020, about to be 21, their monopoly is stronger than ever. So they can structure their business any way they want. They've decided to structure it with parity in mind, where you can make a move up the ladder. Hey, look at the Arizona Cardinals. They had Kyler Murray as the first overall pick 20 months ago. Now they're trying to win a game on Sunday to get themselves to the playoffs. That is what the draft is designed to do. That's what the last-place schedule is designed to do. Now, the Cardinals didn't play a last-place schedule this year. Obviously, they moved up the ladder after winning some games last year. But that is what it's designed to do, to give you some semblance of quick ascension and keep all the fan bases active in what's going on. That's not what happens in college football. In college football, the rich get richer. Alabama's in the playoff every year. Alabama keeps getting top-ranked recruiting classes. Clemson's in the playoff almost every year. They keep getting top-ranked recruiting classes. Every once in a while, it's Oklahoma. Every once in a while, it's been Notre Dame. And, of course, there's been Ohio State it is slanted in that direction and now you have a feeling of irrelevancy so florida is going to play tonight against cincinnati i'm sorry georgia is playing cincinnati florida is playing tonight who's florida playing tonight it's actually not a bad matchup but the problem is that they'll be playing tonight and the top two receivers Florida will be out of the game. They're playing Oklahoma tonight. Will be out of the game, and their tight end, Kyle Pitts. I mean, you can argue between me and Pat Fryermuth as to who is the top tight end, but, I mean, Pitts was healthy down the stretch, although he missed some time, too, this year, too. But those three guys are all out tonight. They all, quote, opted out. Well, how do you okay? So now let's take a little quick history. Who has ever opted out of the national semifinals? Never. There's never been one opt out. So I think you have to go from eight. My apologies. You have to go from four, I think, to twelve. Yeah, I mean, a part of me wants to go full bore. Sixteen, but that almost feels too big. Conference championship should mean something. You win your conference championship, you get an automatic bid. I'm talking about Power Five. You may not be enamored with. Now this year is this is a weird year because you know okay, but we'll just take this year's conference champion. Okay. Oregon is the Pac-12 champion. They beat USC. They would get an automatic bid to the playoff. So would Oklahoma, so would Ohio State, so would Clemson, so would Alabama. So those five would all be in. You also would then take the top group of five team. That way it stops all this nonsense of, oh, UCF, 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 Boise, 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 Cincinnati this year. Although the American's not helping itself. The American is 1-3 in, in bowl games so far. Not exactly making Mike Rusko happy. But that's half your field right there, and then you go with the six best teams after that. Now, you're going to get an argument about who 7, 8, and 9 happen to be. That argument's always going to be there. Will it take away from the value of every week in the regular season? No. You'll have have programs across the country still harboring hope that they can make it into this darn thing in November. It won't diminish the regular season. In fact, it'll make the regular season more watchable. Instead of, I lost twice between the opening weekend of Labor Day and October 15th, I lost twice, I'm out of it. Uh, Guess what? You might not be out of it. The interest would continue to build. Now, would it be possibly heavy SEC-centric? Might be. But I think there's going to be a push, for example, that somebody else ought to be in. So I go back to 16. Penn State would have made it. USC would have made it. They were conference champions. They would have made it. This particular year, Florida, Texas, AM, and m they would have made it. Maybe Coastal Carolina. Now, I know they lost at Liberty, but that bowl game was a bowl game. Okay, And it also would put more emphasis on the bowl games. You would have four one weekend to get it to eight. for the next weekend to get it to four, then two, then one yeah, you'd have to expand it by two extra weekends to do this. No question. But suddenly, the Cotton Bowl means something. Suddenly, eh? the Peach Bowl means something. Every year. Every year, the Cotton Bowl means something. Every year, the Peach Bowl means something. Every year, the Orange Bowl means something. Every year, the Rose Bowl means something. Every year, the Fiesta Bowl means something. And every year, the Sugar Bowl means something. Now, you'd have to add in two more onto that. But it would give greater meaning. Now, here's the downside to it. Here is the downside. There's no question what the downside is. You are asking football players to play extra games to do this. That is a physical beating. There's no getting around it. But with name, image, and likeness coming in, they might be able to capitalize Monetarily, on it to make it happen. There's no question. Okay, I mean, there's a physical toll that takes place. But immediately, four of them would be eliminated, and the next weekend, four more would be eliminated. So you'd be asking one group, you'd be asking four teams to play one extra game. You would then be asking four teams to play two extra games. Now you're down to it. And if you get a first round bye, you're only playing three extra games. Actually, you're only playing two extra games because you'd be you'd be in the semifinal, you'd be in a quarterfinal. So actually the two champions, the two teams that get buys would be asked to be play would would ask to be played one more game. So in other words, this year Auburn uh, Alabama and Clemson would get the bye under this system. I mean they would get the bye. And Ohio State and Notre Dame would also get the bye. So now you've got teams 5 through 12 playing. And the winner plays those four. So Clemson and Ohio... So four teams, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, in this particular year, would be asked to play potentially one extra game. If they... If they if any one of the four went to the national championship, they play one extra game. Think about that. Now, you could have a team, obviously, that could end up playing. They win, and they win again, and they win again. Now you're playing four extra games. That's possible. But would there be opt-outs? No. Would there be interest? Yes. Would there be interest all across the country? Yes. Okay, South Bend, Indiana, at this hour, is the furthest west any team is in the college football playoff this year. South Bend, Indiana. Okay, We are now hundreds of miles away from the Mississippi River. We're not there yet. You don't have anybody west of the Mississippian. I mean, do you carve out a slice for San Jose State? I don't know. But you've got six open slots. Because, again, I'm giving one to the group of five. What do you do with it? I think you've got a wild, wide range of options. Maybe you're starting to get too much Georgia. Maybe you're starting to get too much LSU. I don't know. But I think you're going to have some people looking around saying, you know what, we got to spread the wealth. Maybe it's the kind of year that San Diego State goes out, let's just pick them randomly out of the Mountain West, and has the year of all years, and Cincinnati has the year of all years. Now you got two group of five teams in But you would feel like you're having a national championship. You'd feel like you're having a national championship tournament. You'd feel like you were watching the NCAA basketball tournament. Everybody across the country is playing. Everybody. You would need ten bowl games to be involved in this because the championship game would still be independent as the 11th. You'd need ten bowl games to do it. So you'd have to have four in to the current six you have. And you would make those four, in my opinion. You take the the New Year's Six now, the six big bowl games now, and you always make them the quarterfinal and the semifinal in a rotating basis as to who gets it. The other four you add in, it could be anybody. It could be the Citrus Bowl. It could be the Alamo Bowl. It could be the Outback Bowl. It could be the Holiday Bowl whatever then the then the major bowls end up being the quarterfinal games and the other two major bowls end up being the semifinals and you rotate as to who gets the semifinal just like you do now but the singular importance of each one you would have a football fiesta and the regular season in my opinion does not get diminished because guess what your team in October still has a chance There are too many teams eliminated. Oh, the regular season has great importance. Too many teams are eliminated by November 1st. Really? The importance of the regular season? Name the number of teams that are by November 1st. You know, Halloween night, Argonzo, have no chance. But again, it's the wear and tear part that worries me. We'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.